You found us. Welcome to Emergency Protocol, a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. We are your hosts, Denise and Jackie Freed. That's my mama. And that's my baby. We are sharing our 12 steps reimagined for today's society. And our bumpy, pothole-ridden spiritual paths. And we're bringing you along for the ride. This is us doing the actual work. When the shit hits the fan, you know it's time for... Emergency Emergency Protocol. We are back. Here we are. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're still listening. Yeah. Your voice is just so much louder that I'm looking at the like... The red, the sound register, and the microphone's like in my business, and you know, my my sound bars are so small. That's because you don't have a loud inside voice. Yeah, my inside voice is most people's outside voices. This is true, but I don't have. I think it's because our family control. has hearing loss. <laughs> so we all just shout over yeah. each other, especially mm-hmm. on my dad's side. Oh my god, it's so yeah. loud over there. Hi. Hello. I also feel like we've been slacking on our hydration reminders. Oh, so if you haven't drank any water in a while, then now Now this is is your sign. This is your sign to go pour yourself a cup. Yeah. So pause. Go get your water. I've got a beverage. I've got some water. I've got a. Do you actually have water? No. I'm doing my best, (laughs) which is drinking a, a sparkling water. Is it just sparkling water or is it a soda? It's a sparkling water. With flavors in it? It's flavors, but there's no sugar. (laughs) There's no sugar. That's what separates it from soda. Okay, fine. (laughs) Sparkling water counts. It's better than nothing. Some people can only drink sparkling water. They just can't drink regular water. Right. I like ice water. I like my water to be cold. I don't like room temperature water. Well, my tiny bungalow cannot fit a fridge with a water dispenser and ice maker in it. So I'm just saying. <laughs> cold water is my favorite. Yeah. Now that you've gotten that useless information mm-hmm. from us, we're going to say welcome to Emergency Protocol. Welcome to Emergency Protocol. I'm uh, Denise. I'm Jackie. And we're here to talk about some stuff. Step four stuff. Step four stuff. So this is episode eight. Yes. Ha! Got it right, finally. Mm-hmm. All right, episode eight. And know that we record these in advance, and then they go into the tank, and then they get edited, and then they get sent out. So yeah. that's kind of... The, the process so kind of it's it's loose it's, we are not we are not a we're not, professional, not a ship. we're not professional podcasters no nor are we any kind of like like it's like a handmade canoe <laughs> not a not a steamboat or a yacht all of it is that so yeah. we're, we're not professionals at any of this so we're not like our social media pro- professional yeah. our social media is not great <laughs> but if you do ping us we will eat, we'll, respond. we'll respond we're there it's just not aesthetic actually wasn't there somebody we were going to call out there was like there's somebody yes. listening in singapore in singapore to our friend in singapore reveal yourself hello singapore <laughs> hi you're the farthest one well i don't know there was one in australia once oh australia so oh. i think those are tied for farthest yeah we don't really get like we have just very like 
basic analytics, but it does tell us who, how many downloads and what countries and stuff. Right. Singapore's a, Singapore's a mystery. Singapore So we is would a love mystery. to know you if you want to know us. Right. And no pressure. <laughs> None at all. Yeah. But it is fascinating that there's like one person in each of these countries that are listening. Yeah. We have no idea how you found us or... While you're sticking mm-hmm. with us and thank you for coming back and for bringing us joy in listening because it just makes me so happy when I open up that thing and it's like one person in Singapore still hanging in there. Yeah. So it's cute. Whoever you are, we're sending our love to you. Yeah. All right. So step mm-hmm. four. We'll read it so that we're all on the same page. Okay. You want to read wanna... it? Sure. Do you have the old edition somewhere that you can read? I don't have the old. I don't have the original, like, 12th step. Oh, 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 the old AA one. A version ah. of what it was. Yeah, give me one sec. I will um, and then we'll write, we'll tell you how we wrote it and why we changed it. I think don't we did a little bit of... Don't cover your mouth when you're talking. I know, I had an itch on my eye. I know, you just got Oh, pause. my God, she's so bossy. I don't know where she gets it. I mean, we're run. Our <laughs> canoe has to at least be watertight. Hey, you know, I, I'm I'm paddling as best as possible okay. over here. Just don't paddle with, with your no, hand in front no of your mouth. No bubble waters. <laughs> All right. Now she's bullying me. <laughs> um, okay, I have the original twelve. The original step four from AA, which is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Okay. That it just seems so intense. It's like clinical <laughs> but also religious and more like moral. I mean, I get it. You want to be in integrity with yourself, but like uh searching and fear I just searching and fearless moral, moral inventory. inventory. Okay, so that's what it was. And we rewrote it because that was the reaction we got (laughs) from Jackie. Mm. So our version of that is with courage, honesty, and curiosity, we write the stories of our fears, shame, and resentments we carry with us. Um, So Mm. The reason we changed it, we changed it, we, we had a couple of versions of this before we landed on this. We changed, uh, examined yeah. two stories. Yes. And... Um, it used to say we examine instead yeah. of we write the stories. Right. And I think we already talked about... We did. Yeah. So then why are we talking about I'm this again? I'm just saying because oh, okay. just to refresh. Just to refresh. Got it. So, yeah, Kim was like, well, if you think about it as a story, it's a lot more gentle. It's more just like, what is, what's the narrative? What's going on? It's less of a like, yeah. And Kim is our delightful and lovely editor who we meet with regularly to discuss how this is going. And she has been kind of holding the through line for us with all of yeah. our conversations and editor feels like the wrong she's definitely like our navigator she, she's holding the compass yeah she's an, in, in our, our rickety canoe yeah she's the one at the back that, oh yeah the rudder t- has the rudder yes yeah so we don't know if we're going over a waterfall or not but kim is steering us down the river yeah. 
right? She's Alternately, if we had a farm, she would be the person with the divining rod helping <laughs> us find the water. <laughs> Kim, I hope you're laughing yes. right now when you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Also, in case you can't tell, it's allergy season. That's why I sound like this. Mm-hmm. So it's another seasonal marker for you. I think she was also sick, but she wanted to blame it on allergies. But for but now it's just allergies. But before she was actually sick, but she just said she was allergic. So, but you know, here she is, breathing anyway. through her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is really making, it's setting a nice, comfortable setting for me to go through my fourth step with you all. Just nurturing and cozy. I'm just loving and cozy and just so warm and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So speaking of that, how are you feeling about this inventory situation? It sucks and I hate it. Oh, okay. Tell me more about um, that. Okay, that's like my first reaction, right? It's just like, <laughs> like, and it's not even a conscious thought, right? It's just like my that just came out. My bodily reaction to it is like, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Like, I don't have the mental time. I would rather take a nap. I would rather watch TV. I would rather bake granola, which I've made three <laughs> batches of. Yeah, anything but do this. Kind of. I mean, I did. I did get some done. I have I have some things to share. I think I have I have farther to go. And I recognize that this is like a, we're like on an archaeological dig, right? What comes up in this first round is not all that there is. There are many layers and whatever comes up right now, I'm just going to have to be happy with and not like push myself. You know, I'm going to have to keep going, but like I can't beat myself up for not getting all the way down to the to the base of the skeleton right away. And do you have any like stuff coming up around like wanting to do it perfect? So if it doesn't come out that way, then it's, you know, yeah. Want an A plus in inventory writing? Obviously. Who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't want to get an A in, in therapizing? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think that's part of it. Right. Is like, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable because I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I'm Mm. letting down, not letting down you and Kim, but I'm like holding back the project by not pushing through my inventory and like really Mm. digging up some juicy stuff and untangling things and whatever. Well, I don't think you're holding up the project. I think, though, you don't have to, I mean, uh, on this juncture, Mm -hmm. because we're moving through the steps, you're not going to have the time required to do the real archaeological dig like the dig takes a long time and it takes years of digging and brushing this silt off and seeing like what is in there and and that's okay it doesn't have to be overnight and also um some things aren't revealed even with the dig because you just it's just buried somewhere and then someday Someone will say something or something will happen or you'll be listening to someone and it'll come up and you'll be like, oh, <laughs> Got that, write that down. happened. And yeah. like it's like a big light bulb goes off. Mm. So um, but I, I have to say the resistance 
is common. Like yeah. everybody has resistance to doing this work. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. The resistance is real. The resistance is painful. And sometimes the resistance is worse than actually writing and having the tears come out. Like that that right. fear of fact-finding. Like it's a fear in, a, in on top of the fear, right? So it's like yeah. you have the fears and then you're having the fear of finding out what the fear is. Right. <laughs> it's like going to the gym. It's the same exact shit. It's just like the spiritual and emotional gym. Right? Kind of. Yeah. That's for me. Yeah. So the the we started with fears and mm-hmm. we which was also intentional because tradition. I think traditionally, in AA, they recommend that you start with sex, resentments. Oh, resentments, and then sex, right? Mm-hmm. Resentments, fears, re- then sex. Re- yeah. Okay, never mind. I got that very wrong. <laughs> but my emotional life has not been colored by resentments. It's mostly been colored by fears. And I think you're going to be surprised at how many resentments you actually have. Oh, I definitely have resentments. Yeah. And also, like, that it just felt like like fears was a more natural place for me to start. Well, especially since we're talking about... And sex also feels very patriarchal, slut-shaming. No, I I don't think the sex is slut-shaming. I think Mm. the sex is about how we behave in our sexual relations, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I dug out was like, I was always a cheater, Mm. like always cheat. And and maybe I wasn't always a cheater, cheater, but I always had somebody on the back door Mm. of the current relationship Mm -hmm. so that when I stepped out, I stepped in, there was no buffer. So you didn't have to be alone. Right. Mm -hmm. So part of it is it's not about shaming yourself around sex. It's about how do I behave that's not in the best interest of my health, Mm. my own self-security and my own believing that I feel good about me. Do I have any patterns or Right. Or maybe I settle for Mm. something that's not good for me because I'm afraid I can't take care of myself or... I can't do any better than that. Or, you know, there's all there is some of the patriarchal stuff. It's like, sure. okay, go to uh, grad school to, you know, find your man or find your person or whatever that is. Like there's there's stuff that's embedded in yeah. us, right? Like there was patriarchal stuff. Yeah, but not coming from men, but coming from women. I remember Mm -hmm. when I was first dating your dad, someone asked me, like, are you sure you want to marry for love now when you could marry for money? Because you're so (laughs) young and cute, you know? And, you know, that's like, what? I'm going to, like, I I didn't occur to me. And, you know, I, I, and I'm not saying that that's your choice and you want that for your security and that makes, yeah, works for you. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that wasn't for me. Right. But it was like, 
that didn't feel authentic, right? Mm -hmm. To use my cuteness, my body in a way to lure somebody with a lot of money to right. take care of me. And, you know, and, and I think that probably also plays into a lot of my thought around how I need to take care of myself and how right. I need to rely on myself for my mm -hmm. own financial security mm -hmm. and well-being, right? Like, if I wasn't going to choose that, then I yeah. had to choose this because mm. no one was coming, mm -hmm. right? So if there's no knight in shining armor, which, by the way... You already, I think we already told this I story. think we already did. There is no knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be a knight in shining armor, but really we're, we all just need to rescue ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a great story. What's that girl, a paper bag princess? Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it, it's a great children's book called The Paper Bag Princess, and, mm. and it's kind of fun. So, so sex, since we were just talking about that, would I use sex, withhold sex if I'm angry mm. at you? Would I use sex to get what I want from you? Mm -hmm. Would I tease sex yeah. to entice you to do stuff for me and then not give you mm. what I'm saying and in kind of putting out there that I'm going to give you? But then at the last minute, I'm going to say, thank you for all of that. Got a dip, right? Yeah. Like there's so many ways mm -hmm. that I used sex to get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that I didn't use sex to get what I wanted, right? right? So I think also for people who are less familiar with the program too, talking about like the phrase sex inventory calls to mind like just a list of everybody you fucked and like things right. that you feel uncomfortable or comfortable with or right. whatever and this is definitely a lot more nuanced and a lot deeper and this is also something that you could do if it's calling to you right like you could totally do uh a... i did do that when i was first sober yeah. i wrote a chrono chronology of partners sure so i could see how what my behavior was oh. in each of those relationships this isn't about them right sometimes it was mm. if it was especially if it was non-consensual right sure. like but this is about me and what mm. i'm still carrying around right yeah. from all of that and is it working for me or not i mean some of it might still work for me some yeah. of it might not, but until I look at it, I don't know what mm -hmm. I'm doing. So it's kind of, you know, anyway. So for me, that was super helpful to go through a chronology. <laughs> I think it's so far along away now that I don't know <laughs> if I could do it. Yeah. Like, what was that? that? And anyway... And then there's blackouts because, you know, alcoholics and addicts right. uh, don't always perform when they're all here. So there's some yeah. stuff that is a mystery and will always be a mystery. Like, mm, I don't know. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. And then, again, some years later, a flash will come to you and it's like, oh, shit, I think that did mm. happen. Okay, so that's sex. Fear uh can be so many things like mm -hmm. a lot of what comes up for people is fear of financial insecurity mm -hmm. um fear of losing something i have mm -hmm. fear of not getting what i want mm -hmm. 
And those, you know, yeah, fear. Fear comes in all kinds of ways. Some of it's paralyzing and some of it's not. So, And some of it is very, some of it is well-founded and some of it is not. Right. You know? So what, give me an example of what a well-founded fear looks like. So a well-founded fear is like worrying enough about the big, the big one, the big earthquake coming that you have like a emergency kit but not to the point that you have an underground bunker (laughs) (laughs) or like yeah or you've gone to live in a like you've stopped living your life waiting for for the whatever right like you don't feel comfortable leaving your house because you don't want your dog to be left behind right whatever yeah interesting so yeah I think it's, I mean, I I choose not to live in a lot of fear because most of the stuff never happens. But there is fear that still makes me question myself or my actions or how I am in the world. Yeah. A less rational fear is like my university will for some reason like recall my degree. (laughs) They will un-bachelor of arts me. Right. (laughs) Or... Which, like... Yeah. I would think I would have to do something pretty terrible for them to Do they... Can they revoke a... I think they can. Really? Huh. Well... I don't know. (laughs) I mean, one of my... One of my... I hope I never find out. I don't know if this is rational or irrational, and we'll just have Mm. to find out, was, like, doing this podcast, am I going to get fired from my Mm. corporate job, right? Right. Like, because I'm talking about stuff that's not corporate Mm. in a very public way, Mm -hmm. right? And... And that goes into like kind of what I was, one of the examples that Mm -hmm. I had, one second, I'm pulling it up, Okay. which was, where's fear? Stepping into myself, Mm -hmm. right? So stepping into myself, I'm 57, it's time, Mm -hmm. like there's limited time left. I'm more than halfway done. I know, don't. See there, Jackie's fear face just blew up in front of my, she's like, no, but you know, I'm 57, right? So am I going to live to 114? I don't think so. Uh, Unless I'm like the awesome tattoo Filipino lady who's just like there tapping away in her little village. But so stepping into myself, what does that mean? Like, mm. why is that a fear? Because it might implode my life if mm-hmm. I really am my authentic self in all mm. of the ways. If I do this podcast and it does rub somebody the wrong way, that could shake things up a lot, right? Right. And also kind of stepping into myself with this this thing. It's like, who do you think you are, mm-hmm. right? And so... And are my friends in the program going to judge me for rewriting the steps? And, right. you know, am, am I breaking any traditions? And am I breaking, like, there's all these things that I had to overcome mm-hmm. and then go, I'm going to move forward anyway because I feel like what mm-hmm. we have and what we're saying is going to help some people who don't yeah. have access to what I have access to. Mm-hmm. And then what it affects in me when I have these fears Mm -hmm. is I go paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So I stop acting 
This is a three. I mean, I started writing in January of 2020, mm. and we are now in May of 2023. Mm. This sat on a shelf for a year before mm-hmm. I reached out to Kim because of all those fears. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I knew I was going to do it, but it was like I had to work through my stuff. Yeah. And it took what it took to get to be willing to go, okay, I'm willing to have whatever the outcome is mm-hmm. because I feel this is being true to who I am and what I need to do and what I'm being called to do. Yeah. And then, like, what part do I have in it is, like, uh, I don't serve anybody by playing small. Hmm. Right? Like, if, I, if, if all of this work that I've done to this point in this, in this land of 12 steps still has me not living my authentic life, self Mm. then what's the point (laughs) right like what's the point of not living who i am right and i think that's part of the middle age thing and i think your generation is getting that a lot sooner than Mm -hmm. we did like we thought we had to pay our dues and climb the corporate ladder and do the thing and And then then you guys all you pulled the corporate ladder up behind you (laughs) 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 we don't even have a ladder we're all just like got grappling hooks. Some people are trying to like boulder up. <laughs> One guy's got a jet pack. I don't know how he got that. But I'm like, cool, must be nice. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So. So then, um, and the other fear, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just finish mine. And then yeah. I want to hear what you had to write. What if I lay it all out there and fail, Mm. right? What if I'm like, okay, I really feel like we have something helpful to say Mm -hmm. and we're going to do this thing and then nobody listens. And we are really enjoying it and enjoying the process and it just like goes into the void. And it goes into the void and everybody's like, yeah, I can't even listen to like (laughs) two minutes of this shit, right? Like, yeah. Which has not been our experience. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who are like, I can't listen to two minutes of this shit. And they just go on to the next podcast, which is what podcasts are for. But it is, I mean, you know, looking at the, again, at those analytics and seeing that there have been a thousand downloads and less people than downloads, that means people are coming back and listening for another episode. And people have come up to me and shared how it is helping them and so like or reached to me, out on social yeah we really appreciate hearing from you it is it's, it's so nice. touching and it's nice to know that we're not alone yeah and i hope it's nice for you to know that you're not alone exactly yeah so what if i lay it all out there and mm-hmm. fail um people will judge me i'll judge myself you know blah 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 what is it affecting me again? It's a, that paralyzing fear of like, okay, if I fear of failure means if I don't try, I can't mm. fail. But if I don't try, then do I go to the end of my days wishing I would have done something? Like, I don't want to go, I don't want to be at the end of the road and being like, mm. wish I would have explored that. I wish I mm-hmm. would have lived a little bigger. I wish I would have used my voice a little differently. I wish I would have expanded my reach mm-hmm. of who I could talk to about this stuff. And 
then the other part of it, you know, is is like, if not now, when, right? Mm-hmm. So am I going to be pushing this off because I'm afraid to fail for another 10 years and be right. doing this at 67? Like, hmm. let's just do it mm-hmm. and then fail now or succeed or somewhere in between. Or it's just you and me talking and it's still it's fucking still really amazing. Cool. Yeah, like, this I, is an amazing like family heirloom now for future generations if if there are any, <laughs> there are any. <laughs> dvd livy well yeah for our for our great great grand dogs to listen to exactly. in their mansion <laughs> right uh, like leona helmsley's cat yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah so so those are just some of the fears and then you know some of the resentments, mm. I think the resentments start, the resentments have, I think fears are all about us, right? And yeah. our own thing. Resentments are usually about things outside of us, right? Yeah. But there are some resentments around ourselves, mm. right? Like there are things that I do to myself that I resent myself for. Yeah. But. I think the thing around resentments is that it allows the door to open a little bit to forgiveness. And then Mm -hmm. in that forgiveness, there is the space for me to connect with another human being in a more healthy way Mm. and also to connect to myself in a more healthy way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and Kim and I were talking about this the other day. It was like, okay, a good example of a resentment was like, if you're walking down the street and you see someone coming towards you who who you see them and they have not seen you and you want to cross the street mm. what is that mm. what what is causing mm-hmm. you to want to not face that person usually it's a resentment or yeah. a fear right like they did something to you usually or, or who knows what it is yeah. you fill in the blank but that is like the feeling. I don't want to be walking down the street. I don't want to have to cross the street mm. anymore in my life. And I cannot like you and I cannot, but I'm not going to let how I feel cause me to move my space mm. and to avoid and to blame and to cause me to not look at my part in mm-hmm. whatever that is. So my so by apologizing or coming face to face and working it out with whatever it is that's causing mm-hmm. you and I to not walk on the same street mm-hmm. allows me to walk on the same street with you. Yeah. And I think in the climate we're in right now, there's a lot of that in the world where yeah. we cannot all walk on the same sidewalk. Yeah. Because you're different, so different than me. Right. And so, you know, and, and that little bit of forgiveness allows a little bit of forgiveness on their end, usually. Mm. Sometimes whatever has been cut has been cut so deep that it's just not, it's irreconcilable. Right. Not, yeah. So there's a difference between that and like a boundary. Right. Which we uphold to maintain our own health and 1, sanity. 1,000%. Yeah. yeah. I want to be clear on that. Like if somebody did something really awful to you, you do not want to be walking. You do not want to put yourself in harm's way for the sake of some sort of crazy 
yeah you know forgiveness note i mean yeah. you, the thing about resentments is they would say like how do i get rid of it and hmm. honestly they would say you have to pray for them and i would be like i pray that they get hit by a truck <laughs> Okay, and then it would evolve into, I just hope they trip and fall, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. To, I hope, you know, like in the prayer, yeah, the evolution of my praying for this person mm. I was so angry at would be, I pray that they heal and get everything that they want in their life. You know, it would start out, I hope they get what they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> to, mm. to I hope that they get to live their best life, mm. right? And that did nothing for them, mm -hmm. but it made me breathe easier, mm. right? So, all right. Mm. Where are you with your, uh, your turn? Well. Well. Let's see here. what we've got. Oh, yeah. So I just like started doing just a list, right? Oh. I ended up going for the list afterwards mm -hmm. while walking myself mentally through like the story. And I think I do have more questions to dig into. One resource that you found that you brought in that had a lot of really good questions, even if you don't identify as an addict, is the Narcotics Anonymous Step Working Guides. Um, there were a lot of really good questions in there. And so I kind of feel like I'm going to keep looking at those and mm -hmm. see what comes up. Like not in a I have to answer every single question kind of way because that is like the perfectionist me putting putting pressure on myself mm -hmm. to go through and answer every single question in like as much detail as possible and whatever. Right. And like I think the more gentle approach is to read through some questions and just kind of like see what pink, what pulls at me. Right. And then just spend some time there. So anyway, there's kind of just like the basic, the basic stuff, my dog dying, my family members dying, being audited by the IRS, losing my house, I'm behind on taxes, something happening with that. I'm afraid of getting pregnant. I'm afraid of not being able to get pregnant. I'm afraid of being bankrupt. One of my earliest anxieties or like fears that I remember was worrying that my little baby sister, it was like the first day that I was going to school after Livy was born in August. Mm -hmm. And we had a new nanny who I had, she never, she didn't nanny me. So she was a stranger. Right. And she came in and I was like looking for, I was like, oh God, I don't remember exactly what her car looks like. What if she kidnapped my sister while we were gone? Mm. Not well, that I could have done anything about it. How old were you? I must have been eight. Wow. So it was like stranger seven. danger. No, it was seven. Yeah. Yeah. It was like stranger danger. And also like it was still kind of that weird era of like kids being on the back of milk cartons. Yeah. Like your child, if your child have walks you alone to me? school, yeah, yeah you're going to get kidnapped. Like not Ugh. quite John Bonet Ramsey, but like, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of weird like moral panic was just in that atmosphere at mm -hmm. the time. I also remember picking at my cuticles, like laying on my cot in preschool and getting yelled at by one of the teachers who was not my like primary teacher. Mm -hmm. um, she was just she taught a different group, but she yelled at me for picking at my cuticles. Hmm. And it was something that I didn't even know. But to her, she was like this intense Israeli lady. And she was like, 
She was like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. She just shamed me because I was picking at my cuticles at nap time and I had like made one of them bleed. And now if a kid was picking at their cuticles in preschool, it'd be like, hey, this child has a major anxiety symptom. Right. Slash OCD symptom. Like you should probably take them to a therapist or do something about that. Or like, we're just going to check in. Right. Is anything going on? Yeah. So who knows what spurred that on? But even now, right now, I'm still kind of like picking away at my nails and cuticles. They're mm-hmm. not the best they've ever been. They're not the worst they've ever been. I'm not like black swan levels right now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I also got in trouble for kissing a boy mm. in a while well, we were hiding in a box. And I got in trouble for kissing him in preschool. Why did you get in trouble? Did you kiss him and he was not? It was no. Not it was consensual smooching. Did he get Just in trouble little, too? Yeah, everybody oh, okay. got in trouble. Oh, all right, and the, yeah. So a, we felt like we needed to hide our smooching, and then b, our smooching was discovered and we got in trouble. I got smooching banned in middle school because I was making out. We were macking on too yeah. many dudes. <laughs> Just one, <laughs> but, but you were making out everywhere. Yeah, nice. We got kissing was banned. John Adams. Yeah. So you're welcome, hopefully, people. Hopefully our trailer makes a little bit more sense now. <laughs> You'll get that joke if you think about it. Anyway, what else? <laughs> having my de- my degree revoked, some resentments, having squirrels eat my garden. <laughs> I'm scared of catastrophic illness because that would pretty much bankrupt me. You mean like COVID? Yeah, but like... Being put on one of those breathing machines, COVID. Oh. But long COVID, too. I mean, that could also bankrupt you because it affects your, like, ability to function. Yeah. Part of my fears after I wrote in 2020 Mm. were all about COVID. Mm -hmm. Getting sick with COVID. My elders getting sick and dying. Mm -hmm. Not having enough to pay the IRS because, you know, Mm -hmm. as an independent contractor, we're supposed to pay quarterlies. And sometimes I would and sometimes I wouldn't. And then I'd be... Like having yeah. to come up with a big chunk chunk of change. We're supposed to, and yet there's literally nobody out there in the world who helps you through it. It's just supposedly something you're supposed to know well, and get learn. Your quarterly things from your tax person for the next year, and you pay those. That's but assuming it's... you know enough to have a tax person. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yes, adulting is really hard. We, if you we also do know tax people, yeah. <laughs> If you find adulting hard, you are not alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. And then Cody is going to die, which he did. Yeah. He's old. That's my dog. And that was really sad. And it was what? like he was around probably a little too long. He's a little long. Mm. And, and it was rough. But, you know, some of the fears are valid. Yeah. yeah. An old dog is going to die. That's just how it goes. We outlive our pets. And th- so, you know, the stuff we do around that, it was mm-hmm. just crazy how much how much I put into keeping him around. Yeah. And caring for him in his old well, age, which again, was it's- just the love of a furry family member. Yeah. And also, you know, you do your you do the best that you can by these creatures, right? right? Right. They like they let you know when it's time. Yep. Some combination resentment slash shames where I made a list of all the authority figures who I felt didn't like me. Mm. Yeah. So that ranged from teachers to coaches to 
You had some shitty coaches, I have to admit. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't had shitty coaches, though, right? Like, I get it. But, yeah, and then there's also, like, stupid things. Like, I knew that I was really good at Spanish, but because I was doing so many extracurriculars, I didn't always, like, do my homework or, like, I would, you know, I just, Mm. like, it came to me really easily, right? And I kind of coasted on that. But I ended up getting, this is me bragging about my AP exam as a third, almost 30 year old. So this is embarrassing, but I did get a five on the AP language exam, which is very hard to do. And my teachers did not put me in the Spanish honor society. (laughs) And I feel like I should have been. Yeah. So there was just like, there was just some weird things like that, right? Like when you go to a school where there's a hundred people in your graduating class, Mm -hmm. it kind of shines things under a microscope. How about if you have a couple hundred in your graduating class, but you're not graduating, (laughs) right? Yeah. A year and a half before I was just like, got to go. They're having their, oh my God, they're having their, is it 40 year reunion? Hold on. 45, 83. No, 40. 40 year reunion this year. And I'm like, do I actually get to go to a reunion of a, school I didn't really graduate from right I went to a couple but it's like I fucking hated high school like I don't know what I would go and I don't know who I would connect with right Right. especially 40 years later it's like and you know I'm not a small talky kind of gal right I mean that's how I feel about my college reunions too I'm like can I go to the class of 2015 reunions even though I had this weird fucked up situation in college Yeah, and I technically graduated in 2016? Yeah, I think you should go to 2015 because that's where your peers are. Right? Yeah, 1,000%. But, but <laughs> does the school officially recognize that? That's one of those weird kind of Whatever. Can you Couldn't things. you just go? Because they yeah, have them on sure. homecoming weeks anyway, so mm. everybody just shows up. We don't need to up. get into the nitty gritty about it. <laughs> But that's on the list, y'all. Right. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's all of that that lives in you that's never – I mean, maybe it's been looked at in therapy. Yeah. A lot of this has been worked over with therapists. A lot of it has not because there's new stuff that comes up or things I remember or whatever. Things that have happened since my last bout of therapy because I'm not currently seeing a therapist. I am. So mm-hmm. reversal of fortune. Here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Although I think that kind of, I think that would be helpful for me in, in getting through some of this resistance to mm-hmm. complete, to doing more work around this step. Um, because I don't have like a designated companion to kind of go through things with right now right. other than you. Right? right. But you're my mom and there's still certain right. boundaries that I want to that I think are healthy for us. I have some, yeah, and I don't want to hear versa. your inventory because yeah. I told you I'm going to be in it and you're going to be surprised <laughs> by some of the shit that you're like, oh, I'm really mad at her about that. And right? I'm going to be in yours. Right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. When you live yeah. with people. Totally. Because right? we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Yeah. And we still love each other. Totally. Like crazy, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a... It's an interesting thing mm-hmm. 
to be able to live with humans. Yeah. At, there's a there's another saying that's called live. It's and I don't know what it origin is, but it's like live and let live. Mm. It's like how you live is none of my business. Totally. Right. And as a parent, and I know there are some parents that listen to this, mm. and as a kid, as my child, a lot of my style of parenting has been taught to me by how I sponsored women mm. in these mm-hmm. in this time. And the thing with that is, is that I'm not a kind of a sponsor who will tell somebody what to do. I mm-hmm. will help them work the steps, but I'm not going to help them to make life choices, right? So if somebody's mm-hmm. saying, should I or shouldn't I, fill in the blank, Yeah, I'm never going to say, I think you should do this or you think you should do that. I think you're not uh, going to say that unprompted. You will if... if <sighs> Sometimes my poker face will give me away, but, and sometimes I will say it for you and Livy where I wouldn't say it with a sponsee, but, but then sometimes I would say, okay, you can take this road and you may end up here or you can take that road and you might end up there. An example that I sometimes use is when you were in middle school, you Mm -hmm. had just started at this first year Mm -hmm. all girls school. Yeah. And I'm nervous. I, they have no idea where this is going. I know. <laughs> and you were uh, accepted into the cool girl club. Right. And so you were sitting, you were like making mm. these friends with these girls just initially. And I said, well, that's great. But know that in those, in the, that kind of girly hierarchy, especially in middle school, mm-hmm. Some weeks you can sit with them and some weeks you don't get to sit with them. There's not really, it's not very safe. Mm. And so you can choose to be, I'm not going to tell you who to be friends with, Mm. but some weeks you might not be invited Mm -hmm. to the lunch table. And I think a few weeks after that, you weren't invited to the lunch table. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that much of a surprise, but it still hurts. Yeah, totally. But it's like, oh, That's what she was saying. Like, yeah. And then you started picking specific friends yeah. that you could count on that you still are friends with today. Yeah. Shout out to Edie. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. I think it was. And I was also coming from like another small school. And I had had an unsafe, like, friend experience there where I had what who I thought was, like, my best friend. We did a lot of things together. And then I was kind of cornered by a group, by, like, a lot of our friend group, right? Like, mm-hmm. pretty much, not that we had a specific group even, but just, like, a lot, like, the people that I counted to be my friends mm-hmm. kind of cornered me and were like, you always hoard this, this friend and... One of the girls was like, and I'm going to camp with her this summer. And so we have to be best friends and you can't be best friends with her anymore. Mm. And it was like this whole thing. And I think part of that was just like I was an only child for so long that I was probably selfish. Right. Mm -hmm. And I probably wasn't very good at sharing friends. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was truth to that, but the way in which it was delivered and how I received it, like left a big impression on me. Right. And so I learned that like groups of friends were kind of, they didn't, they never felt safe. Right. I think. I and the same also, thing happened to me in sixth yeah. grade. Was it sixth grade? Yeah. Fifth grade. And we think you shared that story too. Yeah. The volleyball thing. Right. No. Oh. When I was in. Oh, when you were told you were too bossy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did share that. <laughs> But that meant I had no friends. Like, they weren't going to yeah. be my friend anymore. So I'm in a school with, like, 120 kids. And the four other girls that are my age are not my friends anymore. Yeah. Like, what What do you do with that? Yeah. It was very lonely and very sad and very isolated that yeah. year. It was awful. It sucks. It does suck. And I think people... And this is what I want to stress is like people think that they're the only ones who've had this experience, right? right? They're the only ones who've been bullied or the only ones that feel excluded or the yeah. only ones that don't have any friends or whatever. Yeah. And I'm here to say, fuck those people. You'll find your people yeah. and it's going to be better. Like, like, keep going. Yeah. Your people are out there. Yes. And I have found my people and my, my ladies I can count on, like, yeah. I can count on them. Totally. Anytime, day or night, if I needed them, they would show up for me yeah. in whatever way I needed. Like, yeah. To the best of their ability, right? Totally. And I think I learned that, too. It was, like, I learned that, A, individual friendships were safer because you could resolve conflicts on a, like, lower scale level, right, mm-hmm. To be in conflict with one person versus a group feels a lot more manageable, right? And it's probably healthier, and that's probably how the whole thing should have been resolved to begin with. But we were like nine or (laughs) ten. So, (laughs) you know, we did our best. Um, But I also, like, I have have always been, I have always made individual friendships too, I think, um, in lots of different groups. And I don't know if it was since that time or if it's something that I always did. I think I've always kind of been like a little bit of a bleeding heart too. Like mm-hmm. if I notice a quiet person, I'll go, I'll go out of my way to include them. Right. But I also decided too, like when I was leaving that all girls middle school and going to a, diff- a co-ed high school that I didn't want my friendships to be like drama roller coasters. Right. Right. Like I pretty much made up my mind then that the people I befriended and who I invested my time with were not going to be people who wanted to pick fights all the time and Mm. wanted to like be up and down and this and that. Right. And not to say that I didn't have disagreements or we didn't fight or we didn't do this or like stuff doesn't come up, but in general, like, um, the friendships that I have to this day, a lot of them are very far reaching. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are newer from my adult life, but they're, they're, deep and to the point where like we can resolve conflicts in a really mature way if they come up mm-hmm. and they hardly ever come up right because that's just how we orient our lives right and i think too the first time i went through this workshop when i was like seven years sober like when i did the the like the work that i that we're laying out here in yeah. the way that we're laying it out i got rid of a lot of toxic people in my yeah. life people that were not psychologically safe people that just basically were kind of uh like muscles on the side of a pier you know that yeah. just want to suck the life out of me and take 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 yeah. take and I, and 
kind of like the like the little boy in the giving tree, right? I'm the tree, <laughs> and they're just gonna <laughs> fucking chop me down yeah. and take every little bit, and then use me as a stump at the end of the fucking day. Yeah. And I was not up for that anymore. And so, getting clarity again around all of this stuff, yeah, is um, helpful. Like one of the things that came up in that first round of inventory was. Mm-hmm. My role in our family as the kind of um, fix-it person or Mm -hmm. go-to person if somebody had any issues with anybody else in the family. So, you know, people would call (laughs) me to talk to somebody else and this person would, you know, even to the point where... in between the Yeah, but it was like even to the kind of benign things of like my grandmother calling me to ask my brother to show up for a dinner at a certain time on a certain day. I'm like, why don't you just call my brother? Why am I... Why are you calling me to tell him that, right? I think they still... I think I would argue that this is still a lesson that you are learning. Yes, and to a certain extent, there that the ability to put up a boundary for some of these things may have already passed, right? With certain certain <laughs> circumstances, but I think, yeah. But I think it it helped me. I was starting to lose sleep over other mm. people's problems, right? Oh, God. Yeah, because I was taking it on. It's, it's kind of like the Al-Anon thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take on, and I'm going to fix mm-hmm. it, and I'm going to make everybody get along, and everybody's going to love oh, each yes. other. Tell and me we're your problems. Have the Let's trauma family. bond. That's right. a big one in relationships that I had. Mm. Sorry, continue, but then I'll talk so, about trauma bond. Yeah, so uh, I just have a memory of being at this Chinese restaurant <laughs> with the whole family. I have no idea what the occasion was, mm. and I don't even know if this is true, but this is how I remember it. And it was like one of those big tables with the lazy Susan in mm. the middle where the food spins around. And <clears throat> I think I suggested that everybody pick a dish mm. and then we'll just put them in the middle and we'll eat. And yeah. somebody said, oh, you know what we all like. Just order for us. And I was like, that's it. I'm not <laughs> doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm not. Right. And. And it was one of the first times I did put up a boundary where it's like, I am not that person. And I am that person in so many ways. Because you will you will pick up the torch if no one is carrying the torch. Right. And everybody's just kind of milling around. You'll be like, oh, fuck it. Like, I don't want to stand here anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're the manifester. You're supposed to pick up the torch, but you're supposed to pass it on to somebody. Right. Which you tried to do. I did. They yeah. tried to hand it back, and you were like, fuck you guys. <laughs> so, and that's no fault on them. This no. is where, again, this is about me. And then when I realized that, when I, because I had just done this work. Yeah. And then we had this very, like, in my face kind of situation mm-hmm. where it was really benign, but it was really clear. Yeah. Then I got to change the way I interacted with people and mm-hmm. how what I was going to accept or not accept from them. Yeah. And um, it allowed me to say, hey, if you want to talk about that, I'm not available for that. You can call that person directly. Yeah. Right. And, and then... Guess what? I started sleeping at night because mm. I didn't have all that information percolating around my head about yeah. all these things that were going on that weren't any of my business in the first place, right? So, Voice. yeah. So there's all kinds of ways that this work 
it's not just about yeah. sex and resentments and it's like how does what I carry mm. how how does it manifest in how I show up in my mm-hmm. daily life that doesn't work for me or you. Mm-hmm. Right? So like how to be in relation with people. Yeah. How do I let go of stuff? How do I what do I stand for? What do I believe in? What don't I believe in? How am I? When am I being um, stoic and picking my battles versus being a doormat? Right. Recognizing the difference between those two. 1,000%. Yeah. Because there is a spot where you do want to be compassionate and you want to mm-hmm. hold space for people. Sure. And you also don't want them showing up drunk, crying to you every week about the spilt milk that happens all the time, right? Like, and that's the other thing too. It's like, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's just about learning about yourself and what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. And also just having some forgiveness and being a little softer with yourself uh, and other people like, you know, that bossiness that I had serves me very well in the role that I play in my profession. Yeah. Right. Like that. I am a boss lady. Yes. Right. Yeah. Not in the worst kind of way. Not in the, you know, not a girl boss. No, it's not like, (laughs) what was that? It's not a devil wears Prada. Right. <laughs> More, More collaborative. More like a Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. We'll see. I don't know. But I, I'm I, giving Kamala too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the thing with these fears, resentments, sexual mm. relationships, whatever it is that you need to dig out. We went over the words last time. You can use all Mm -hmm. kinds of ways to find the stuff, enagrams and whatever, right? Is unpacking it to see if it's still, if it works for you or doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And how it is, I guess, when I didn't know I was doing that, when mm. I didn't know why I wasn't sleeping at night and then writing about and discovering why I wasn't sleeping and then having a situation come up where I could say, time out, I'm not going to do this anymore and yeah. announce it to everybody and kind of lay the boundary for the new way I'm going to behave in our Mm. relationship so that they understand. Yeah. And I understand it's not a fault to them and I'm not going to be mad or bitchy or anything. I'm just not engaged in that way anymore. Yeah. Allows them to still be who they are and allows me to be more of who I am and Mm. allows us to be better together because I'm not secretly resentful that I'm carrying all this shit that's mm. not mine to carry. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then it allows me to have a better relationship with you because I'm yeah. not, because I'm being who I am. Right. Right. It also allowed me to not take on, you know, people in uh, the rooms who ask for help that I'm I'm not going to be able to help. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the right person for them. They yeah. need more than what I have. And sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's easier to just, just 
you know, say, no, I'm, I'm not your person, you know? Yeah. And there's people out there for everybody. Yeah. And I've discovered that re- even more and mo- so recently, like I'm better at, I'm organizing a sober retreat in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm better at putting on big events or doing this with you yeah. than I am like singularly sponsoring somebody, you know, hmm. week to week. I'd rather touch a lot of people in mm-hmm. a general way hmm. than very tightly one-on-one, very mm. specifically. Not to say that I don't get a lot of sponsorship because I do and I've been blessed to to sponsor and be sponsored mm-hmm. by a lot of people, but my gift is more event-oriented mm. and that plays to what brings me joy. Mm. And so it's like I can be of service in this way. Yeah. And still be of service and feel like I'm giving back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without feeling like, oh, I'm a terrible sponsor. Because people would say, oh, I'm not a good sponsor. But nobody asked me to sponsor them. Well, nobody really does ask me to sponsor them because I don't know why. And I'm actually right. okay with that. It's probably because energetically, <laughs> I don't put it out there. Yeah, you don't You don't always raise your hand. I do not raise it. <laughs> I do not. So in the room, they'll ask if anybody is willing and able to sponsor somebody at the end of a meeting and say, if you are looking for a sponsor, approach one of the people who put their hands up. Right. Right. And they watch you and your hand. My hand is like halfway up. I'm like, don't, don't really call me. But the people who, but people do seek you out and it tends to develop in a very organic way. It's like, hey, can I get coffee? Yeah. Right. I didn't want, like, I would love to yeah. Get to know you. Or, but I'm also yeah. really clear now that I, because of the role that I have at work, yeah, this thing that I'm doing with you, yeah, I have a very finite amount of time yeah. to meet with anybody one-on-one. And it's yeah. basically Saturday because right. Sunday is my day that right. I am holding sacred to me. Which to, is a new thing. I'm very proud. Right? Because I used to just spin my... I would leave it all on the table for everybody else. And this is yeah. a new thing. Actually, I am le- learned in therapy this last year mm-hmm. and a half, right? It's like, wh- where am I conserving for myself? Yeah. And so sat- Sunday's my day and I'm not giving it to anybody. Even the fun things. Not even things, to me. I, not even for this. No. It's like... And or my friends who want to go grab brunch or go for a hike or do something fun. Yeah. It's like, no, I need my rest so that my cup can get back full so I can go and do what I do for six days a week. Yeah. That's also an energetic thing for manifestors hmm. is you um, when you have an open sacral center. <laughs> Anyways, part of it is that the you're, you you get you can get filled up with the energy of others, but you have to let it drain back out. Mm. You have to like kind of empty yourself. Whereas some people need to be around others all the time, mm-hmm. or they need like reflectors. I think especially need some sort of stimulus constantly because all of their centers are open, and so in order for them, they are basically like. Uh, ebbing and flowing with what is around them Mm. and if there's nothing around them they are like floundering a little Mm. bit so we're talking about human design human design interesting yeah that was a big thing for me to learn too was like oh like i used to be jealous that my friends who 
lived in cities where their families were not in the same city uh-huh. like we're not within you know a 10 minute drive uh-huh. i used to be jealous that they like had so many young friends and that they had like jobs or they were getting degrees that enabled certain social situations and that i didn't have that here and i was like wait do i actually want to be going out for drinks with a group of people i loosely know two nights a week i don't <laughs> want to do that <laughs> You know, like I barely have time to see the, you know, even seeing the few friends that I do have at the frequency that I see them is like a lot. Right. You know, I need a lot of alone time. Yeah. And I actually, it was interesting. I did a trip with um, my book group ladies and some of us are closer than others, but one of the women pulled us together before the trip and asked the question, what are you guys afraid of Mm. on this trip? And it allowed each of us to say like what we were kind of hesitant about going on this trip together. And so one of the things that I put out there was like, I, you may see me dip out right after dinner Mm -hmm. or find me in the middle of the pack kind of alone on Mm -hmm. a hike and it's not anything you said or did to me that caused me to pull away from you. Mm-hmm. I just can't chat all day long. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, and then exactly. and when you're in a group, you there is a chat that happens a all day every long. Every day right? for a certain number of days. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted them to know, like, I am not, this is no reflection on you. This is me filling up my cup so that I can come to dinner ready yeah. to talk again. Yeah. And have something to say and not just be sitting there kind of stoically quiet listening the whole time. So, or I may not want to go shopping with you this afternoon. I might want to go shopping by myself. Right. And then at dinner we can chat about all the fun things we saw. Exactly. And, and then it allowed one of my other friends to say, well, okay, when I see you walking by yourself, I'm going to go find Barbara because I know she'll talk to me. (laughs) And, you know, and those two do chat and they have that energy and it's fantastic and they're incredible. And And it allowed for everybody to kind of say like what we were... What you needed, what we needed, or like what you anticipated, or needing. how yeah. we are, how our behaviors are going to show up, mm-hmm. so that when you see it, you're not thinking. You don't have to make assumptions. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, she's just, you know. And so there were times where my two friends would go off ahead, and yeah. they were chit chatting and going up the mountain, and I was somewhere in between them and the guide behind me. Yeah. Which is fine until like, you know, I ran into a bunch of sheep and I was like, oh, please don't headbutt me. Like I'm in the middle <laughs> of a fjord, like uh, going up to a glacier by myself. Oh. Like, please, they big old, sheepies. big old sheep, don't headbutt me right now. But um, <laughs> they didn't. wait for that to happen again. They, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> but, but then. We but should the, do that for our trip with Grammy. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do need to have that. And and also I think the thing with with that is again knowing excavating all of these things about how I operate, now knowing how what's best for me. Yeah. allowed me to tell the people I'm going away with who yeah. I've never traveled with like that mm. how I might show up. Yeah. So that they're not taken aback by my behavior. They're not like, what a fucking bitch. She just won't talk to us. Like, 
right? Which may be true too. I mean, they were like, oh, well, she's going to go off and be by herself, right? Yeah. But that, but that they knew it wasn't my feeling about them in sure. any way. This is about me taking care of myself. Yeah. Right. And so it's just different. Mm -hmm. And it was freeing then for everybody else to talk about how, what their fears were about right. the trip, which were different. It yeah. all wasn't about that. It was about, you, you know. remember what some of those other fears were? Um, I, I do, but I don't know if I should share them because they're not my stories to tell. I mean, I guess I could. There was one person who was worried about fitting in with the group who wasn't mm. as close to the rest of us as okay. we are with each other. Yeah. And so that let me know when I see her pulling away or being isolated quiet, maybe yeah. i go over and say how's it going or yeah. pull her into the conversation or you just did this really cute thing where you basically pulled her into a side hug i did i came air. in with my it arm was really i was cute. came in with my arm and i was yeah. gonna just give her a side yeah. hug we're That's huggers nice. in our family yeah. jackie hugs longer than i do but i love the 20 second hug you should uh, look that up and do it with your loved one fucking hug some people are more touchy than others. Yeah. My dog is so happy because my <laughs> current partner is very much like a physical touch love language person. <laughs> he snuggles me and gives me hugs and forehead smooches. And so I don't need to pester my dog all day, <laughs> making her the little spoon, making her my weighted blanket, exactly. smooching her little seal whiskers, rubbing her soft ears. <sighs> Paying with her jowls. She's living her best life right now. She's free. <laughs> free to be a dog. Uh, if you haven't mm. seen Eliza Schlesinger, uh, she does a whole bit about yeah, who's, elder the millennial. Baby, who's the baby. Who's the baby? Who's the baby? Who's the baby? Who's the baby? Hilarious. Definitely watch that. All right. I feel like that's time. I think that's it's time. Been a minute. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to us ramble yeah. on again. Next time, are we going to be talking about sharing this with somebody? Are we going to still unpack some more for? I might still have more to unpack. Okay. And also, logistically, I don't know that I have time to set up that Okay. before our next chat. Although I guess I could talk. we could talk about the steps in, that go into preparing for your fifth step, and then we okay. can talk about it. All right. I can come so we're back gonna talk some more about four next time, which is yeah, and preparing for five maybe, like how to how to identify somebody who's safe. Oh, that all kind right, of stuff. Okay, yeah, great. So thank you for showing up. You're yeah. a miracle. You're a miracle. Drink some water. Yes, you're a dehydrated miracle. <laughs> Hydrate. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you for yeah. coming back. And. If you are listening and you feel so inclined. Oh, you always do this stupid little baby voice. It it's cool if you share it. It's right? cool if you share it's it, cool but it's also, share it. also give us a star. We don't want one star. We want five stars. We do want five stars. We're putting out or excellent content for you, <laughs> according to us. <laughs> according. Yes. According to ourselves. Yeah. 
stars would be good. Comments would be good. Sharing would be good. And we're trying to figure out a way to engage. So if you feel like you want to talk to us, please shoot us an email Mm -hmm. or chat us up on Instagram or any of the things that you feel like you can do. We've we've been noodling on it too. So if you have ideas for ways that you feel would be super cozy to be in community together we're very much open like we've thought about zooms which feel the most ick we've thought about clubhouse which feels a little bit less ick in person would be lovely but we're not all in person some of us are in singapore so we can't all meet together i'd love to go to singapore but that's someday yeah go to singapore someday we'll go to singapore and we'll be in circle with you friend (laughs) for one friend yeah I love that. So yes, so we're looking for ways to make this a community. I, I originally feel like that's also where I am lacking, right? right? Is like my one of my primary community sources fell away for various reasons, and um, being that I don't identify particularly as like an Alan. Well, I do identify as an Alanon, but I don't have. I just don't feel like that's my place, like right. my people. Right. But I know my people are out there and that you all want to be together too. Right. So we're going to probably end up doing, uh, having a space. You know, when I first did this, I was like, mm. I don't want to start another 12-step program. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do a workbook. I don't uh, want to. But you know what? I, it's call, The work is calling us and we're going to yeah. show up for it in the way that it, it wants us to be there. So yeah, give us some feedback. Stuff. Do you need to meet with people? Do you need yeah. people? Do you in, need to meet with us? Oh, yes. And each other. Yeah. To see. Yeah. yeah. So we all create the space. If you want to tell us, give us some ideas of where that, how that would be cozy and lovely and safe. Yeah. And also a little bit like scary. A little squinchy. It's a little squinchy. Yeah. But, you know, here we are. We're here for here you. We are. All yeah. right. Have a great job. Gotta yeah. like co-sponsor each other. That's right. Kind of. Like, spon- like my sponsor taught us to do. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do with my 30 women going off on this slumber oh, party boy. weekend. We're going to have some fun. See, I want to do that. Just not with that Not group. with my, that's not my group. <laughs> they're just not my people. Right. But they're like going to do a silent disco and stuff. Shh. No, this will be out after then. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. It was a secret. We're having silent disco. Sorry. Man. But it's going to be fun. <sighs> so fun. Yeah. They don't know we're going to do that. I'm going to have a sound bath. Okay. We're going to do some workshops. We're going to do some six and seven step work, hey, some 12 cool. step work. We're going to have a speaker meeting. Yeah. We're going to share all our meals together. We're going to have some snacks. We're going to play some games. If you haven't seen a bunch of alcoholic women play Never Have I Ever. <laughs> There was only one who never did some stuff. All the rest, of, we you have to reverse the whole game yeah. for alcoholic women. Just saying. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'll just leave it oh, with that. Oh, boy. Now my mind is rolling. <laughs> Knowing the people that I know. Okay. All right. We love you. Have Thank a good, you. Have a good day. Yeah. Drink some water. Yeah. Bye. Hydrate. We want to hear from you. 
Find us on Instagram and TikTok at 12 Steps for Everyone. That's at the number 12 Steps for Everyone. Please like and follow us. You can also send us topics you want us to dig into or follow-up questions from each episode. And if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from our conversations, please feel free to share this with them. All are welcome here. <laughs>